You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. I'm your host, Tegan, and today I am joined by two bookstagrammers, Marns from at crows.n.thorns and Varsh from at bookishbell1008. On this episode, we are going to talk about what we are currently reading and discuss one of our all-time favourite fantasy series, A Court of Roses and Thorns. Hello and welcome to the Bookstorian Podcast. How are you, ladies? Hi, how are you going? Hello. We're going to jump straight into it. So the icebreaker question for us this evening is, what book are you currently reading? So I just finished uh, Sea of Ruin by Pam Goodwin. It was about a pirate named Bennett and she gets captured by a pirate hunter and then she's already married but then she falls in love with this guy and it's sort of like a love triangle thing but it was it was pretty good it was not my normal read but it was interesting awesome and Vaish what about you um it's The Marriage Game by Sarah Desai and I actually just started it this afternoon so I'm about 50 pages into it and it's about a girl named Leila Patil who has unfortunately lost her job just recently broken up with her boyfriend and so she moves back with her family and she bumps into Sam Mehta who is this very handsome but very annoying um, business dude who's actually booked the uh, the office above her dad's restaurant so they have to now share this office space and We'll see how things go. So I'm, I'm sensing a bit of a hate to love story here. So I'm looking forward to reading it. Excellent. My book that I'm reading at the moment is The Evening and the Morning by Ken Follett. So I adore The Pillars of the Earth. Uh, and The Pillars of the Earth was written about 30 years ago. It's a historical fiction book. And uh, the, the, the Evening and the Morning is a uh, prequel to that series. So at the moment I'm immersed in kind of middle ages England and it's quite interesting because what Ken Follett does with each of his books is he sets them maybe it's a hundred years or 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 200 years ahead of one another but the characters are all related so the evening and the morning is going to be the ancestors of the characters in the pillars of the earth and then each of the uh, sequels that follow that. So it's interesting piecing together the features. So he mentions the green eyes of a particular character that's in this book. And I know in the other books, there's characters that have green eyes and you're like, right, there's a link there. Interesting. I've never heard of them, but I'll have to look into it. It sounds good. Yeah. If you like historical fiction, I highly recommend it. Uh, they're definitely not from the, for the faint hearted because the books are really thick. I found something quite interesting amongst the three of us. We're actually all Hufflepuffs. Really? I yeah. didn't realise that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I thought that was quite <laughs> well, interesting. Well, Hufflepuff pride. <laughs> exactly. So we all must be super Crazy. loyal and friendly. <laughs> it's so weird because in my, like, real life, I've never met another Hufflepuff. And then I came on Bookstagram and it's like so many people are Hufflepuffs. I'm like, I found my people. That's it. <laughs> I think we're really undervalued in the in the outside community besides bookstagram I agree I agree there's a lot of Gryffindor and a lot of Slytherin talk but Hufflepuffs are like sort of shunned to the side but here we are we're ruling it on Instagram on bookstagram 
Yes, exactly. And speaking of Instagram, so we each have a Bookstagram account. Manz, would you like to talk about your account first and just describe your Instagram feed for us? Sure. So I do mostly a lot of YA fantasy sort of books because that's what I'm really into. I like to make my pictures sort of like a warm welcoming sort of vibe. I always put fairy lights in it. If you can't tell, I love fairy lights. Before I had a bookstagram account, whenever I looked, I always liked the really warm welcoming photos. So I really wanted that to be what my account was. So yeah, I just hope I achieved that. Excellent. And in relation to uh, you, Vash, what about you? How would you describe your bookstagram feed? Mine doesn't really have a theme to my feed. I just um, grab flowers or fabrics. I tend to work with flowers and fabrics predominantly that match the book covers. And I try to include one little piece of an object that mattered in the book. Like for example, if, uh, if birds are a key theme in a book, I'll try to get like a little bird statue or something in. So that's how my feed predominantly is. And it's a mix of YA fantasy and contemporary books. And I also like to do a little bit of bookstagramming about Indian-based authors because I think they don't have that much recognition in the wider platform. And I read a lot of Indian authors because I really relate to it personally. So I like to mention them as well too. That leads in perfect to my other question. What is a book that Bookstagram made you buy? Oh, there are so many books that Bookstagram made me buy, but I would probably say that Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is a book that Bookstagram made me buy, and the Throne of Glass series is another thing that Bookstagram made me buy. I see Throne of Glass almost every day. One or two posts on my feed is Throne of Glass, so yeah. And what about you, Marns? What is a book that Bookstagram made you buy? Mine is actually the same, Seven, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I've seen it everywhere, and I'm just like... I am so intrigued by this. I really want to read it. It's not my normal genre of book, but it looks really good. So that was definitely one of them. It's quite interesting because mine is A Court of Roses and Thorns, which is why I wanted to ask you this question because I don't actually read a whole lot of YA, even though I know it's been reclassified, and I don't read a whole lot of fantasy. But after seeing so many people talk about A Court of Roses and Thorns, I was like, I need to give this a go. It is probably one of my all-time favourite series. Like, oh, Agreed. Agreed. love it. Hands down, it is my whole world. It is everything. I'm currently doing a reread of it and I'm just like falling in love with them all over again. Just remembering the feelings I had when I first read it. It's just, oh, love it. I think I need to reread it because when I first read it, I read it with like a completely different mind frame as to like getting through it because I was on edge throughout the whole series. So when I do a reread, I think I'll be a little bit more focused on the emotions and the, the actual feel of the, the book. And I feel like Sarah J Mass like puts so much detail into her books that when you read them the first time, you miss a lot of it. And then when you go back and read them, you're like, ah, I see what she did there. So... She isn't the queen of fantasy for nothing, you know? She is the queen of fantasy, hands down. Exactly. I'll probably do a bit of a reread next year ahead of the new release as well, mm-hmm. just to fresh my mind about each of the characters and maybe focus mm-hmm. a bit more on Nesta and Cassian as well. I really hope I'm saying the names right. You know, when you read a book and you say the name a certain way in your head, I'm terrified mm-hmm. I'm going to say the names of the characters or the author or something wrong along the way. But I got and those two right, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> her, her characters always have such complicated names as well. So 
I was saying like recent as recent for a really long time and yes, right, recent, and then I realized it was recent and I was like, oh God. Ooh, I've been saying <laughs> rice saying, and. I, I used to say Feyre as Feyre for a really long time too. And then I was like, oh, it's Feyre. <laughs> <laughs> she has characters like that. So it's all good. Exactly. I remember reading Throne of Glass and I was like, what is, how do I read Kale's name? I, I was like, is it Chow? Jail? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I haven't read the series, so I can't comment on that yet. I'm meant to read it. It's on my TBRs, but I'm the same. I've seen his name around and I'm like, well, how do you say that one? So hard. Her YouTube actually has a name guide. If you want to go and check it out, you can like realize how you've been saying the names, but it's, she's got like an, um, an accent. So it's different to our accent. So you, you really see the differences there, but it's super cool when you realize how it's actually said. I am partway through Throne of Glass but I'm not enjoying it. I think I've just read the fourth book and I don't know if I'm going to keep going. I think because I was looking for something like A Court of Roses and Thorns to tide me over. Mm. And, mm. but the other thing that keeps hooking me, I really loved the first book and then I went and bought the box set, but then I was finding each of the books I wasn't really liking that much. And then I would get to the end and there'd be this huge dramatic twist at the end or some big plot change. And I'm like, oh, I have to read the next one. And that's what happened at the end of the last one that I read. I can't remember the name of it though. We've already segued into talking about A Court of Roses and Thorns as a series anyway. Fun facts about the series themselves. So Sarah J. Mars, did I say it right? Mass Mars. Yeah. So Sarah J. How it's actually pronounced. Sarah J. Mars is a global number one best-selling author. Her books have sold more than 9 million copies and been translated into 37 languages. Uh, this particular series that we're going to be discussing today on the podcast was formerly young adult but had to be remarketed to adult fantasy. The other thing that I found when I was doing a little bit of research is that the first book, A Court of Roses and Thorns, has a bit of inspiration from a Scottish border ballad. And interestingly enough, one of the characters that's actually mentioned has a name very similar to Tamlin. And essentially, yeah, a, a border ballad seemed to me to be very similar to the, that border that exists between the, the kind of magical fae world and the humans. So mm. I always went, oh, it's like Beauty and the Beast and the Hunger Games. And I never really knew that it had a little bit of a deeper uh, inspiration behind it. So my first question for both of you is what is your favorite book from A Court of Roses and Thorns? So hard. I think it would be, so I think my favorite would have to be A Court of Mist and Fury. I feel like that just had such a good story through the whole book. Like, Feyre like loses herself when she's with Tamlin and then she leaves him and then she finds herself again and then she just becomes this whole different person and builds herself up and realizes that she is such a powerful woman and she doesn't need a man to tell her what to do but she finds an equal and I think that's I don't know it's just so good just her whole story through that whole book was so intriguing to me and just pulled me in the whole time 
So my favourite book is also A Court of Mist and Fury. And I agree with um, everything that Marn said as well too. You really see, you see themes of abuse in it. You see themes of mental health that's discussed in it. And uh, Sarah J Mass does it in such a, such a fine way, you know, and you see Feyre going from someone who has no self belief in herself to someone who really recognises who she truly is and the empowerment that comes from within. And um, the, the inner circle, being able to meet the inner circle, Valaris, the whole setup, it's just magical. And obviously Faysand, Feyre and Reese. I know YA doesn't often talk about couples you know as equals you often have where the girl is pining for the guy or the guy is pining for the girl but in this the amount of times that it's touched on the fact that they are an equal couple and I know Reese says you know she's not my wife she's not my consort she's the high lady of the night court and I think that's where the whole fandom was like Reese we love you so I love that equal relationship and it's very it's very it's a very beautiful beautiful book it touches on so many things and it teaches you so many things I learned so much from that book so it's my favorite one <laughs> <laughs> I have to say I agree so all three of us have picked the same book and for very similar reasons and I'm having a look at my review and what I actually wrote in there is that you then realize how hollow the love is between Tamlin and Feyre you actually realize that she kind of was just in love with this idea of him and what he could offer her at the time. But then when this relationship with rice sand picks up, it's just like, it's so much more meant to be. It's so much more of a powerful, everlasting love. And there's something that I also admire about this and being a Y well, initially being a YA was that that's a really important message for young girls to have and quite often can potentially fall into the trap of in high school is, is falling for, for the pretty boy, but the pretty boy is not necessarily the best boy. I, I was just, I became entranced in the series as, and as someone who doesn't read a whole lot of fantasy, it had me hooked. So hooked. Yeah. I think she did a really good job of showing like a toxic relationship compared to a healthy relationship where you actually communicate with your partner and have an equal say in equal things. And, you know, you don't just sit around and wait for them and have to do everything they say and that sort of thing. And I think that she did that really well. I think Reese mentions as well too, in a particular line in the book that he's missed having her as a friend more than anything beside him. And that really, you know, that got to me and she shows him like the darkest, they show each other the darkest parts of their souls and they don't, they don't shy away from that. They see each other for who they truly are. And that is something really amazing and something that I personally take with me for my own life, you know, for my future, whatever relationship I would be in would be, that's something I really respect and hold, would hold close to my heart. So, um, you know, books can teach you so much you don't realize it but I tell people books can teach you so much about life so she's done an incredible job with A Court of Mist and Fury. Agree I 100% agree and then dare I ask who is your favorite character? So many so many it's so hard to pick one I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like Nestor and Moore like have such incredible backstories and they both have gone through such horrible things and then they've come out and like Nestra has become hardened and closed off and Moore has become vibrant and just lives her life to the fullest and I think that's really cool that they're the total opposites 
but they both love Cassian as well. Like, I mean, obviously Moore's is more of a friendship way, but just their love and their communication for him is, is beautiful. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that point as well too. I think Nesta and um, more incredible characters, but my personal favourite character is Azriel. I love Azriel. I replaced all my book boyfriends the minute that I met Azriel. So he is actually my screens, oh, my screensaver as well too. So absolutely adore him. I think he's very, he's very loyal. He's sassy. He's and despite his dark past, he overcomes it and he. You know, he is who he is today. And I like that he has the good, the bad and the evil in him. Like he's got things he's been through, you know, he, but he doesn't shy away from that. And he is who he truly is. And honestly, he deserves better. Like in the series, I think he deserves way better. And he deserves someone who's going to pick him always. And, you know, I like to say I would always pick him. So I love Azriel. But as Man said as well too, how can you pick one? You know, they all bring something, you know, especially with the inner circle, I feel you relate to all of them as though they're part of your life. Like you're like, oh yeah, Cassian's like such a good friend of mine. You know, like I was laughing at his jokes. I was, yeah, it's great. It's great that you really connect to the characters. And I think too, you you can kind of ebb and flow a little bit between who your favourite character is, depending on where they are in the book. Because mm-hmm, you yeah. sometimes you love some of them and then you hate some of them for some of the actions. And it can make it incredibly hard uh, to pick a favourite. And I think leading out of the series, I'm really intrigued by Nesta. I think she is an intriguing character because of what she's been through and very similar um, to more and I'm interested to see what becomes of her life and if it is something that she is able to combat and come through and I hope the fact that the author has chosen to actually write a spin-off series about her means there's so much more development that we're yet to get from her. I see so much of the fandom like bashing into Nesta and being like, she's such a horrible Archeron sister. You know, she's the worst one of them all. Did, you know, I've seen people say some terrible things about her character, but I think she's very misunderstood. And, you know, I had a point where I didn't like her at all either. And I'm like, what is this behavior? You know, like people are trying to help you and people are trying to get you through this thing. But um, when I finished the series and really took my time to think over it and with um, A Court of Silver Flames coming out next year, I really thought about Nesta and I think she's very misunderstood. There's a lot of aspects of her life that will hopefully come to light in that book and we can better understand her. And with Cassian by her side, I hope she can find who she truly is like Feyre did as well. I think she is really loyal but I just I feel like because she does it in such a different way to how all the other characters do it that they perceive her as someone who doesn't feel that way and she's um ungrateful and that sort of thing but I think she just doesn't express her emotions very well because you know their mum passed away when she was young and then they lost everything and I think that she had that resentment for her dad and then she had that resentment for Pharaoh because Pharaoh was the one that picked up all the pieces and she couldn't do it and I think she was always like oh like I can only do this but she didn't go the length that Pharaoh did. And I think that what's that's what makes her one of the most intriguing characters because it's not a, an easy answer to figure her out. No. How are we both feeling about the new release next year? So the cover release was meant to happen today on Goodreads. Look, waiting until February seems so long away. 
but so excited awesome. just for any other kind of installment in this story excited no matter what mm. agreed i am ready for some you know ne- for some nessian for nesta's story for a little bit of cassian too i think he um he hides his pain in humor i find that he's got it i'm sure he's got a story as well too and you know i have a theory actually um that she is actually, I feel like she's going to better the whole Illyrian camp environment. And I think she's going to support Cassian in his cause of training female Illyrian warriors. You know, I think she's really got that streak in her. So I don't think Nesta was made to stay in Valaris. I think she's got a bigger purpose in her life. So I'm very keen to see where that glorious book is going to take them both. Yeah, I agree. I think it will be really interesting. It'll be good to see if they end up having like the mating bond or whether it would just sort of them just continue on like how Cassie and Amora. Mm. And I think in in typical Sarah fashion that we're going to have a lot more questions than answers in this next book. But see, I think she may end up being uh like high lady of the night court uh, not night court high lady of the court of nightmares because i think i can't remember Moore's dad's name but i think he's gonna die or he's gonna get killed mm. and so i think reese will put her in there i love these theories i really do i love thinking about what's gonna happen in the future and with the book and what is going to be of them <laughs> Does anyone else have any questions they would like to ask? Do you guys think that Feyre is pregnant? Ooh. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that phase in their life. You know, I think there's a lot more that they need to get through before they reach that phase of their life. I think, you know, there's a lot more in their relationship. Like, obviously, they have a fantastic relationship, but there's a lot more for them to explore before they get into that stage of being parents um but yeah i have a question for you guys and that is um do you think tamlin will get a story of his own with a mate do you think he has a chance of redemption oh that's tricky i I don't know do you believe he's worthy of redemption because i'm i'm personally i personally do so (laughs) i definitely think that they will give him a second chance i think pharaoh will as well i think that they will have forgiveness but i don't I think if she does anything, she will put like a chapter towards the end of the book and have like, mm. this character's done this, this character's done this and sort of sum it up in one chapter. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see if he has a mate. Yeah. Are we only going to get one more book though? Is there more coming? How long have we got? I think so. I think it's a trilogy. Like it's, it's, this is like going to be three books. So. And do we think, is it going to pick up exactly where it left off? Or is it going to be a few years down the track? Judging by what what I can see of the blurb, it looks like it's pretty close to where we left. The the end of A Court of Frost and Starlight literally has Feyre telling Nesta that she's had enough of her behaviour and she needs to go somewhere. And Cassian's like, tells her she's, he's coming, he's taking her to the Illyrian camps. I think it is picking up from exactly there. (laughs) Excellent. That's good. We don't miss any of the action. Yes, yeah. And I have another question for you guys as well too. This is something that I always sort of see on um Bookstagram. Um do you what do you guys think with Elaine and Lucian and Azriel? Who do do you think um Lucian's obviously Elaine's mate, but Azriel and Elaine have this beautiful understanding between them. But do you what do you guys think? I was literally just thinking about this today. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it all the 
time because Israel's my book boyfriend and I'm like, he deserves someone who is like going to always pick him and Elaine has Lucian on the other side. So I'm like, don't break Israel's heart. <laughs> like, I love Lucian, but also I think they would be a beautiful couple. And it will be interesting to see if she does make them a couple because she's put in there a couple times that the females can reject the bond if they want to. So I feel like she very well could because she's put in put it in there like more than once that they can. Yeah, I've read somewhere that so Nesta has the knight on her drawers in in their house. She had the knight on her drawers, so hence Reese. And Nesta has flames, hence possibly Cassian being her mate. But Elaine had violets and roses on her drawers. So there is that suggestion that Lucian is the roses and Azriel is the violets in her life. So I read this somewhere and I'm like, someone has read this series multiple times and definitely picked up on this. But it got me thinking. I was like, I wonder. So who is her, you know, who is she going to go and pick? Well, I think someone else might swoop in altogether. Whoa! <laughs> Lucian and Adrian were not ready. <laughs> Poor Lucian's already trying hard and he's got, like, another person rocking up. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they enter another character. That is Sarah J Mass style as well, too. She just keeps bringing on characters in and she keeps yeah. bringing on guys especially. So... Not that we're complaining, but... Do you guys think that more will come out to them all? Probably not in the next book, but the one after? I would like her to, because I think she deserves happiness and she deserves to be recognised. And I think the inner circle is the best group to, you know, come out to. I think they'd be so understanding of her. And I think it would also put Azrael out of his misery a little bit, because he's not able to understand why more isn't picking him, you know? So I think there's always that in the back of his mind. So it'll help really help him understand why. I also had the theory that maybe he already knows and that's why he's a shadow, he's a shadow singer. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe he's upset because she hasn't told him and he's hurt like that she hasn't because he feels like she can talk to him about anything. It's such a tough thing for her you know with what she's gone through in the past as well too it's one of those things like sometimes you you've got a wonderful group of people around you but it's sometimes some secrets are your secrets and you just want them to be yours till you're really ready and you can sometimes feel ready but when it comes to saying it you're not and so um I think it's beautiful that she told Feyre I think it really is that she trusted her to be able to tell her that so I'm just fingers crossed for more that she comes out to the rest of the inner circle and we see her finding someone too. Yeah, and she, she deserves to be just as happy as everybody else. Cover, cover speculations, mm. orange and silver, blue, because I know that when she put up the, Sarah J Mass put up the thing, she had orange in the text and this is something I've been talking to with a friend of mine. Are we like, is it going to be orange? Is it going to be blue and silver? Like what is the, what is the theme, the colour theme we're thinking and is it going to match the old or the new covers? You know, I think you could be right about the orange because like you said on the drawers with the flames, flames, like that could still come into play. I feel like her powers are going to come out a lot more in this next mm. book. I think that's going to be really interesting to see what they are. Cassian has red siphons as well too. So I'm really hoping that they play on the reds and the oranges and the blacks, maybe red, orange, black, silver, like that colour, not just straight orange because I think that wouldn't be very intriguing to look at I think they need to add a bit of you know like you said the power the the glory the you know the whole silver flame vibe needs to really come out I really I hope mean, it's the old that's I what I've got on my shelf so much. 
Do you yes. not like the old covers, Mars? Or do no, you I like-, like the old covers. I don't like the new covers. See, I bought the new covers and I didn't realise they had old covers. I just went in and bought the new ones and then they were like, oh, there's old covers. And I was like, what? <laughs> the, new, the new ones had just come out. And so I, that's what I picked up and I didn't realise. So, yeah, yeah, the old ones are really pretty. I would like to see some fan art on the front of these covers. Mm. I'd love to see some Nesta Cassian fan art going on. I think that would be really cool. Well, she's going to have to do something to represent Nesta because Feyre is on all the old ones. Exactly. So I would envision that some kind of cover art might have to change. Mm. And maybe that's the cue that they have to change it is that it's a spin-off series so they don't have to stay true true at all. And potentially, because initially I was annoyed that it wasn't, that the title didn't read Court of Silver and Flames. The whole fandom was so angry the next day. (laughs) So I think that's another deliberate choice of saying this isn't this series, this is a spin-off of this series, and that's how Mm. we're going to name the next trilogy. Yeah, I'm so excited for this cover. I keep checking my phone and it isn't out yet, and I'm like, it's probably going to be out when it's like 2am here. (laughs) It will be, I bet. We're going to wake up and our feeds are just going to be like full of it. I know, full of it. And we're going to be like, whoa, and I I don't know if I'm going to like it or not like it. So I'm like, I'm going to be inundated with all this like covers as soon as I wake up in the morning. And I'm I'm just hoping, fingers crossed, I like it. Well, either way, if I like it or I don't like it, I'm still going to read the book. So (laughs) that's the point. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes we, t- we tend to get different covers to the rest of the world as well. True. So True. it could be announced as a certain cover, but then we actually get mm. a completely different one. True. And then what looks on computer when you have it in real life, the colours can change, the vibrancy mm-hmm. and everything. So we'll just have to wait yeah. and see. <laughs> exactly. But we'll have to wait and see. By the time the podcast has been released, it, we will know. This is such a good conversation. I could talk it about Akita all day. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping to do a bunch of series. So potentially next year, once the new one is released, maybe we even do a bit of a reread of the series together and yeah, potentially then discuss the new book. It could all be on the That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much both for joining me tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Bookstorian podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and follow me on Instagram at the Bookstorian podcast.